How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Garage Built Baits. I'm your host, Wyatt of Buyer Lure Co. So for this episode, I just wanted to like run down kind of my like fishing journey, how I got started into fishing, how I got started into making baits and things of that nature. Um, and just overall, like why, why, why I do this, like why I am such a fishing freak, why I'm so enthralled with it. And I guess we have to start out with how I got into fishing. And I mean, it's, I've been fishing like ever since I can remember. It was just very accessible for me. We didn't live that far away from like the nearest lake. It was maybe a 10 minute drive. And on top of that, my grandpa out on the out on the ranch he stocked bullheads into this dam out in the pasture and that was really cool but thinking back I'm like oh man like that was kind of gross just because we would go out there and just hammer bullheads we would just like catch a ton they were infested in there and since they were like so overpopulated they would you know there wouldn't be any size to them and just like decimated like anything that was in that dam but like thinking back we would catch like bucketfuls of them and then we would go and clean and make them up and I was like oh yeah like I remember like them being like really tasty from what I can remember as like a child but then thinking back like as an adult as I'm an adult and thinking back, I'm like, oh my god, that was so disgusting. Because over the years, I can't tell you how many cows I've seen drop a huge patty right into the dam. Like, even while we were fishing there, just like drop a load right into the water. I'm like, oh. Thinking back, I'm like, I was literally eating poopy fish. <laughs> but like, that's like, honestly, that's like some of my earliest and like fondest memories of fishing. And, like, talking with my dad now, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, his job was basically just walking up and down the bank, like, taking fish off lines, taking, like, all the bullheads off hooks, and then rebaiting, because it was basically every cast, and, you know, you got, like, you know, four or five people fishing at once. He didn't really get a chance to do any of himself, because he was so busy. And, like, you know, like, bullheads have spines that can, like, really stick you. So he didn't want any of us little kids getting hurt or whatever. Or, you know, sticking ourselves with a fish hook trying to put a, a worm on the hook. So I had his hands full. But just, like, on the topic of my dad, he's kind of, like, a hammer when it comes to fishing. Like, I've learned quite a bit from him. And fishing with him now and I have like all this stuff and I have like kind of some some nicer some nicer setups and he's like fishing with like his little I don't know $60 Walmart combo and every time he goes to Walmart he'll pick up like a couple a couple things of like beetle spins or like we'll go we'll go to like a place that has like a decent tackle selection and he will get his beetle spins and he will get uh floating rapalas but honestly he does so well with those it's like crazy because I remember fishing with him and him like me just having a heck of a time catching anything I caught like just off the dock at this lake near our place I remember him just like catching everything under the sun. He was catching bass and crappie and pike and perch and bluegill just on these little beetle spins. There's like really nothing to them. And specifically, it was like an orange and like green color for the soft plastic and just hammering them. And here I am struggling. But there's also this another lake nearby and that's how I like I really cut my teeth on like fishing for trout because um the local game fishing parks they would stock 
rainbow trout in this lake every year and my dad was just a hammer he would catch quite a few of them and always you know not and not on the stereotypical stuff like power bait or inline spinners he hammered them on rainbow trout colored original floating rapalas and i have literally taken that to lots of different places and it applies like anywhere those stalker trout and just trout in general can be super aggressive so it like really works well and i don't know how i have to i'll have to talk to him i don't know how he discovered that but it's just like ridiculous how well he does on literally just those two lures i haven't really seen him use much else and i've like oh you need to get this you need to get this or you should use this and he's just like uses those like same two things and we haven't fished a while hopefully it comes out this summer and uh, we can get on a good trout bite or uh, catch some pike or something but like another one of my like fondest fishing memories and I think this like really hit home with me where I like really started to get interested is we were on the Missouri River on a a white bass run and we were just nailing them just throwing out um, live minnows and we just oh my god we hammered the white bass it was crazy and I've like never experienced anything like that again I've never really fished a white bass run again and I know you could do super well on them but I just remember just sitting there and after casting out on my little like folding tripod stool thing and not having to wait too long before you got a bite and we like pulled in some like nice white bass and they were delicious as well and it's not really something I do anymore like I'm not a super mainly I'm just catch and release and that's like my dad's the same way we we didn't really keep a lot of fish growing up from what I can remember um every once in a while but I think I think my dad just didn't want to deal with cleaning them (laughs) um but like those are those are like a couple of like my earliest fishing memories and then when I got older when I was in high school and a teenager uh me and my friend Austin we went out to same local same like local lake system there's like three dams reservoirs what I like whatever you want to call them in my hometown and we at this park and we went to the one that was harder to get to and was really good for bass fishing and I just remember a couple of times that we went where we really like just hammered them we didn't like like we were I remember one time specifically it was more towards the evening and we were throwing like just whatever top water that we could out there we were throwing hollow body frogs and we were throwing flipping buzz baits just on like our (laughs) just on our, our spinning setups with probably like 10 or 12 pound mono and we were missing like a ton of fish like a ton of hook sets and it's like oh like it's like all right we gotta we gotta like wait we gotta like wait for these fish to like really take it and then like really set the hook on them and it was just like ridiculous I think if I think going back which isn't I one of my ideas for a video on my YouTube channel Byer Lure Co I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna make a movie about going back and fishing these lakes now that I have uh, more knowledge, more experience, um, better gear, and see if it makes a difference, see if I can hammer them like I thought I was doing when I was a, a, a younger boy. And I just remember just hammering them, though. We caught quite a few bass and, like, some pretty decent-sized ones. I don't think anything was, like, over, you know, like two pounds but there's like some pretty solid 
you know, those two pounders were pretty solid and it was a pretty freshly stocked, um, body of water too. Those bass hadn't been there that long and they got big. There's a lot of forage in that lake. You can catch a lot of, uh, sunfish out of there too. And in the, and in like the creek system that connects, you can catch a lot of, like quite a lot of like little, uh, like three to four inch sunnies. And then another time, I remember being there with my buddy Austin and then my little brother and then one of our other friends. And this was right after I watched an episode of like In Fisherman and the um, Storm like GT paddle bait just had come out. I had just watched like an episode of In Fisherman and they were like just hammering fish on them it was like ridiculous they were catching you know bass and and walleye i think primarily like it kind of like they were just using it for walleye but i remember like being like i have to have this this is like this is like the best thing since sliced bread and i was gonna go out and i was gonna hammer them and i kind of did that like i went out in spring like late spring early summer and just fishing shallow with it around weeds and whatever and I just remember hammering them and I gave and no one else was catching catching fish I don't I can't remember what they were using but I gave my little brother a paddle I don't think that paddle tail but a different one or maybe the same one I can't remember I can't remember this was years ago and man, I just remember giving him one and I remember him starting to like really catch him and he was just like chucking it out and winding it in. He wasn't even like really targeting like any structure or anything like that. And he was doing like really good. And oh man, that was like one of the best days of fishing I ever had. And that kind of like really, I was catching like some good size fish too and man, I just remember, um, like that really hitting home for me. It's like, oh dude, paddle tails are like, you know, like paddle tails are like the real deal. This thing is like flipping awesome. And then, then I didn't like really fish with them too much after that. Just like couldn't find the same bite that I did. But yeah, so that's when like I really got into, um, bass fishing and that's when I was like oh I'm like really gonna I'm like really gonna get after it and then my older brother had graduated from college and lived at home for a summer and me and my other me and my other brothers we all went in and we bought like a a cheaper pelican kayak I think we I think it was only like 250 bucks so each like pitched in I don't know however much it was it wasn't we didn't I think we went in it three ways and we didn't it wasn't too much money and I just remember like getting a kayak was a flipping game changer like I because like we had mainly like beat the bank and we're fishing that way and never really had gotten out on the water and had never like really been out on a boat so like getting a kayak and then my buddy Austin getting a canoe that was um just kind of all around just a game changer getting off the bank and I remember a core memory for me is being out on the kayak and I threw out a golden black floating uh, original Rapala and man I like threw it near some reeds, you know, still just with my spinning gear, like 10 to 12, 10 or 12 pound mono. It's like all I knew, you know, which it's not a bad thing, but like threw it out there and oh my gosh, I got absolutely flipping hammered and I think it was a pike. My drag is like locked down just like an idiot and because I'm fishing with like such a light setup 
and in that particular lake there are huge fish there's like big pike and there's big bass and i have uh like walleye and man i got flipping annihilated and like right away a i believe it was a pike just by how it fought it came it came and hammered that and my rod doubled over while I'm in this kayak doubled over like my tip is in the water that's how much it folded over and like a, me- a medium action rod and it starts and I like loosened the drag a little bit and it starts going it just dives down so that's why I believe it was a pike because it like when it got hooked it just torpedoed like down and just started like pulling me a little bit in the kayak and I like loosened up my drag a little bit but like not nearly enough for how big that fish probably was and I got and you know plus just like 10 pound mono I it broke or cut me off because my rod unloaded and here comes like the line just like like floating up and I'm oh dude that was a heartbreaker because that was a big fish but but I caught like other really nice sized fish there like nice sized bass and a couple nice size pike just from the bank and from their like little little dock or whatever there Uh, it's actually one of the places we'll be going for our um for the movie that I'm going to be doing on my YouTube channel I keep plugging that, I'm sorry. Um, but man, that, that kayak, that was kind of like a game changer for us. And my brother, he was super big into bass fishing. And so we hauled that kayak like all around on top of his Jeep. And it was just like so cool, man. And it's the kayak is still at the house. And none of my siblings like I've asked my other siblings and I think my like little sister wants it but um maybe maybe I will go and bring it back be nice to have just a little solo kayak because my partner and I were looking at getting a tandem I've actually been um doing a little shopping here so I think this spring I'm gonna pull the trigger and finally get one save up a little bit of money for it um but yeah, dude, like, and kayak fishing is so fun. And this was like, we got that kayak kind of before um, kayak bass fishing, like, really got huge. I'm not going to say we were pioneer and we did, like, really didn't, like, we really weren't on social media or nothing. And so we didn't post too much about it. But, like, we were kind of, you know what, Matt, Ben, we were like, we were like on the forefront we were pioneers of that sport <laughs> um but yeah my and my brother he was like big into bass fishing at that time um you know there wasn't a whole lot to do out in my hometown and he was kind of a hammer there for a while like he um and like we tried some stupid stuff like when we were bass fishing and stuff that like should have influenced me more and should have like gave like given me like more of a more of like oh you could catch these fish on anything because I remember one time specifically I had like these 10 or 12 inch culprit curly tail worms and like red shad and I was like being stupid and I threaded it onto like a jig and I was like flipping it out there just fishing from the dock and my brother's like that's stupid and he like takes my rod and he like casts it out and he's like we're like dragging it on the bottom working it working it back and like a 12 inch bass just hammered it and it was so dumb it was such a small fish and just like for this like big 10 inch worm and I'm like I'm like that's stupid but I don't know that's something just burned into my mind and then like gosh he really should go Matt we should go fishing more like just like telling these stories like 
is like really bringing back a lot of like nostalgia and like we should like get out there again but he caught this huge bluegill out out on the kayak out at this lake where I lost that pike he caught this huge bluegill on a chartreuse blackback kvd 1.5 square bill wow that was a mouthful that was very specific too but on 1.5 kvd square bill and that was just like ridiculous that was like such a big fish and like it's not like a huge crankbait but it that that like bluegill wanted it and just like i have like other just like kind of like interesting catches like that but like I don't know even even though all that stuff's interesting like I I have like plenty more stories I can tell but those are like just like sitting down and brainstorming before the before this episode I was like all right like what are some of these like core memories that like led into me like really being into fishing and those are a lot of them and then I really got into it after or when I was in college and I didn't have like a lot of access because I was like a really big gun nut and I was like really big into hunting and I didn't really have access to that um when I was in college um I was on like the trap shooting team but I was also a part of the fishing club and fishing was just like something that was more accessible to me because I could just go whenever I wanted and I went to South Dakota State University in Brookings and they have this really they have like a really good pond out there or like I don't know it's like a man-made lake pond thing and it actually used to be the landfill before it got filled in and then they made it into this nature area and you can rent kayaks and canoes out there and there's like a lot of fishing opportunities there's like a ton of different things like a like a big variety of like fish out there there's um carp and pike and rainbow trout and bass and bluegill and perch and i think they have crappie and they have big catfish by partner caught a big channel out of there um one of the guys that I was an intern with he he and this other guy this other intern were from Germany and this company I was interning at sent him over and so we kind of gave him a college experience and they they wanted to fish like one of them was really into it back in Germany and so we went out there in middle of summer and like it's like the fishing sucked and the one guy Finn he caught like a nice channel cat though and I felt bad because like I was able to like get him on bluegills but like other than that the fishing was hard and that's like a super pressured area anyway and I was like lucky I seen a bass cruising and caught it on a on a curly tail worm but dude that was so hard but they they caught like what good fish and what kind of solidified like like me really liking bass fishing even though it's not super popular where I'm at like the midwest is like very much like walleye fishing like anybody and like out here where I am now it's like super big it's like there's big trout fishing and fly fishing culture and yeah like dude don't get me wrong I'm like I consider myself more of a multi-species fisherman now and like that's why this podcast will be so broad is because I have all these different interests in fishing and trout are fun but I mean, I just, like, want to catch, like, a huge one and, like, throw, like, big baits at them now. I don't want to, like, be throwing, like, these little, you know, size 20, like, flies at them. I want to throw, like, a, you know, like a 5 to 6 inch bait in their face and see if I can get the biggest one in the body of water. Back to the, the nature park, back to the pond. And so 
like what really solidified like bass fishing for me there was um knowing that there was bass in there and then at the time being in college I had like my class schedule was pretty relaxed and I had a lot of free time to like do my own thing and so one of the things I was doing is I was watching a ton of YouTube and specifically you know back in that like in high school and then my senior year of high school and then uh, my freshman year of college I was watching a lot of YouTube and I was watching um, you know 2015 2016 I was watching John B and I was watching Flair and I was watching um, One Rod One Reel like mainly those guys and just watching them bass fish and I was like man I can it's like I can do that and like it was something I was drawn to because I could see you know them just like catching like lots of fish through the you know the magic of editing and everything and then like catching like some like really good sized fish too because I had like I wasn't on like social media a whole lot then and I didn't like really realize like how big that these like bass could get like I like like I had like more familiarity with like how big like pike could get and everything like that but I was like all right I'm gonna go like more into this and got got more into um bass baits and throwing bass baits and things of that nature and I remember my girlfriend she actually got me my first bait casting combo she got me a lose american hero and i thought that was the fucking cat's majamas i thought that was the bee's knees and so i remember going out and i bought i went to what do they have they had a a runnings in Brookings so I remember going to runnings and I I thought the reaction innovation baits looked cool the the beaver baits and then I remember the missile baits D bombs looking really cool too so I uh both of those in green pumpkin and I got had some lead weights and I had some extra wide gap hooks and I Texas rigged up one of those missile baits D bombs and flipping out next to a dock and catching a like really nice bass it was probably about three pounds and it was really funny because and like having and like I repeated that success a number of times with that same bait flipping that same dock at the nature park and pulling out nice sized bass out of there. Like I've seen some like really nice bass come out of there. So that's one of the places I want to go back to. And, you know, I know a little more now. So hopefully like replicate some success and I stock trout in there. So like really throwing some big baits out there because like it's not really popular here in the Midwest. Like nobody really does it. And so I remember replicating a lot of success doing that. And then just like, you know, Texas rig pitching, you know, soft plastics around structure around weeds and around docks and or like flipping a jig around and like dragging it because a lot of that was like a gravel bottom it seemed like and man like I remember having a lot of success just doing that and so you know to this day like jigs and jigs and Texas rigged soft plastics are like some of my favorite things to use but one of the first times where, uh, no, it was like the second time I was like replicating the success pitching a missile bait D bomb at this dock. There was this 
like a really lovely couple and their like really cute baby taking uh like baby pictures and this this dad I caught this bass and it was like real quick I had just got there it was like my first cast and I caught this bass and it was like you know it was like a three like a three pounder and this dad comes up and he's like this like um little Asian guy with his kid and he's like oh man that's like a big fish he's like I've never seen a fish come out of here like so big and I'm like all hyped up like about catching this nice bass too and I was like oh man dude like thanks this is like a really good one and he's like He's like, oh, can I get a picture with, like, you with the fish? And I'm like, of course, man. Like, I was just all jazzed. And he was excited. And, dude, this fish was, like, longer than his kid. Like, and I had this, like, we were, like, standing next to each other. And I had the fish right next to his baby. And, man, I should have asked for that picture because... Oh, dude, it's just, like, it's kind of a funny story, but, like, also, like, I just, like, I kind of want that picture because it's, like, a really good memory for me. It just, like, um, you know, people, like, people, like, when you're out fishing are usually, like, so supportive. It was just cool. And then I was, like, going to release it, and he was, like, what? You're letting it go? And I was, like, yeah, man, I don't really keep them. He's, like, oh, dude. It's <laughs> just, like... It's like, oh, man. It's like, no, I don't really keep fish. I was like, I don't think you can really keep them out of here, too. I think it, they're mainly catch and release at that nature park. Um, But that's when I really got into fishing. And then, like, I consider myself a multi-species angler. So, um, like, I have, a, I have a life list of, like, all the different fish fish species that I've caught and I was very fortunate this year to like add quite a few new species to that list and I think a lot of that has to do with like just trying new things trying new techniques new baits seeing what I like and just like being just like a more a more better (laughs) like a speak a like a better rounded angler um but man, I could just like go on and on about that. But like, let's get in. Like, I don't want this podcast to be like, we're already like a half hour in. And I'm like, I don't want this to be two hours. So we'll get into like my, like my, like how I got into like bait making, because that's kind of the, what the core of this podcast is going to be. Um, but around the same time about when I first like really got into fishing and I was at still living at home uh senior in high school and I was watching a lot of YouTube and I can't remember if he was around then but like a big influence um at the time and still is is Marling Marling Bates I really liked his YouTube channel and I seen that you know there's these people out there that are making baits but I think before I discovered him, before, like, there were really bait makers on YouTube, or, you know, maybe he had just gotten started, I was at home, and I was like, you know, I'm more into fishing now, I've had some success, I was like, what if I try to, like, make a fishing lure, and I was like, alright, like, I don't know, like, what the heck I'm doing, I know I need, like, some wood, some paint, like a way to attach the hooks and like go from there and I can't like even remember like what like my whole process but what I remember specifically is I literally I had I had some like I wanted to make a walking stick and so I had some wood um in the garage drying out and I was like I'm still an odd person I don't know why I needed 
but I was like an odd duck as a teenager, I feel like, and I still am. I think my, my girlfriend would agree with that. It's like, you're kind of a weirdo, but I, so I, I was, don't know why I needed a walking stick, but I was like, all right, like I cut a piece. It was a pretty long branch just from like a tree in the backyard and it was drying out. So I cut a piece off of it and I went ahead and I started with a pocket knife and like a box cutter. I started like making a shape and I was like looking at a Rapala original floating and I was like, all right, it's, you know, wider at the top and it comes down. So I made this like jerk bait and it's like fairly large. It's like about, it's about like five inches probably. <laughs> and man, I, um, and it took me a long time to make it, dude. Like, I, I don't care to admit, like, how long it took compared to, like, how fast I can, like, make a lure now. You know, not that they're, like, that, not like they're that good anyway. But, um, it was a really interesting shape. So it's, like, really domed over on the top. And then it's, um, very triangular pointed at the bottom. But, dude, the thing had action, though, and I think originally what I did for a bill is I just took a pop can and I just, like, cut a piece out and I, like, folded it, folded it over a couple different times to, like, make it more rigid, but I could, like, still adjust, like, adjust the bill and play with it, and I thought it was, like, that was, like, next level. I thought that was the coolest thing. Um... And then I went ahead and I spray painted it. I did like red on top, orange on the bottom. And then I did, then I took a Sharpie and I um, did like little, little like a uh, fire tiger, like stripes on the side. And I was like, oh dude, this like, this is cool. This is next level. And was just like super confident in it, which is crazy to think about just had a lot of a lot of confidence in my abilities and like looking like I, st I still have that bait <laughs> and it's like looking back if there's like it's not that it's like not that good of a bait man it there's still like big chunks of wood that I didn't let like I carved out and like didn't sand over so it's like 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 lots of big chunks of like wood missing like where I carved it out and uh where I glued in weights those are like visible they're like I just like glued in I think some BBs and they're like visible on the bottom but like dude I actually weighed it like really good like it floated but like it had like it floated level in the water I think it's a little bit head down but like level in the water and then I had like these little screw eyes that I super glued in and then I sealed it with I think just like a polyurethane polyurethane rattle can and then you know that rattle can spray uh, spray paint job but like the first time I took it out I took it out to this like a uh, small lake and um I took it out to the small lake <laughs> that has like a lot of I think they got walleye and then they got like a lot of pike in there like a lot of just like little small hammer handle pike and um dude like I threw it out there and it had like a really good action to it it had like a really good like wide wobble to it and I mean I've since retired that bait and I've hung it up on my on my uh fishing sign and I got absolutely hammered because I was swimming it right by a weed line and I seen this pike follow and got absolutely lit up by that little hammer handle pike and caught a few more on it after that um just like replicating that success along the weed line 
and like you know fishing shallow but man that was so cool and I was like all right I'm a bait maker now like this is like what I'm gonna do and did it have like a ton of time like to make lures in college but I made quite a bit of lures at home but just looking back at like what I made I was like oh my god I these are bad these are like real bad but then I look at some of them and some of them are like uh, like pretty decent I'm not gonna lie like and all of them are like all of like the baits are like kind of big though I don't have like a lot of baits that I made that were small and I think a lot of that was just like it was easy it's like easier to like make bigger baits um just like holding and carving I just like do all of my carving with the box cutter and you know razor blade and that works really well for me but oh man just all of my baits are kind of big and I'm actually gonna like some of them that I have I'm going to like redo them and like put them up on my YouTube channel and I think those will make cool videos but looking back at like some of the stuff I made and like I experimented a lot and from rattle cans paint jobs I think I went to uh, nail polish and then from nail polish I went to acrylic like acrylic paint just brushing it on and like from from since that I've like gotten an airbrush and I've gotten pretty decent at that and have done more experimenting with carving and working with uh, polyurethane resin to like um, make casts of my baits and I've gotten like a lot better and there's like a lot more resources out there that I I can find about bait making and so it's really cool and then um one of like the f one of the first like really big baits that I made though um when I was in college is I'm like I seen this was like around the time that oh what was it I think Spro and Savage Gear around the same time they came out with rat wake baits and I thought that was like so cool and then I seen like a lot of other people making them and I was like this is so cool so I like I have to make one myself and kind of an ingenious thing that I was doing that I seen someone else do is for cause like I didn't I didn't really know what to make like bills out of so I seen somebody was using just those plastic inserts to tackle trays. They were using those as, to make bills. And I was like, that's genius. And I had, like, learned how to make twist wire from Marling Bates. And I, like, I learned, like, a ton from him. Super glue and baking soda, epoxy, clear coats, um... Um, super glue like sealing the wood like a ton of different stuff and so I and still like very limited amount of tools like even less so than at the house at least at the house I had like a drill and stuff so I like borrowed my buddy's drill and made these twist wires and um and I carved, I got like a basswood carving block kit and I was making baits and so I made this rat wake bait and super simple paint job and then I, I think initially I'd used just, <laughs> um, I guess when I was still like kind of doing nail polish and also acrylic paints so as like paint jobs and it worked and then I was using nail polish clear coat as a uh, as a sealant which actually like works a lot better than what I than I thought like your baits are gonna get like 
a couple fish and they get trashed up pretty quick but it was like it was working and the baits were sealed so like the wood baits were sealed so it didn't really make a whole lot of a difference and i was making a ton of baits i was just making like a bunch of stuff and like some of it worked some of it kind of didn't work it was just like it was like really interesting and like i got a ton of of like baits that i've carved and i've made and like some are just weird and some don't work and I was just like experimenting with a lot of things and I feel like I hit a home run with this rat wake babe because um I weighted it really well and I got like the lip placement and angle that was like pretty clutch and I was using a pink bubble gum floating some some type of floating worm I can't remember who made it and that was the tail initially before it got all tore up but dude I still fish with that rat wake bait and I threw that thing a lot like it has it's like gotten beat up a little bit it doesn't have like a a ton of rash um but like some of the paint's chipping and I've like super glued over that I think I'm probably gonna end up repainting it for a video and like putting a new clear coat on it and like I've done that that'll be my third time like repainting and clear coating that lure but I think each time it gets like like the paint gets better and obviously like the clear coat's gonna be better now um but the first fish that I caught on it was at that was at that nature park. That was like where I pre- predominantly fished, like in college. And dude, I think it was kind of a fluke. Like, the, and the bait weighed just enough for like that loose rod that I had. And I was just throwing straight braid at the time. I think I was like throwing like twenty pound braid which like worked great for me I still I I still really like braid um and I like fluorocarbon I'm kind of not a huge fan of mono right now and neither is my girlfriend she's like hate mono (laughs) she she has a lot of like really good fishing opinions and I just love it but man, I, so I, I casted that rat wake bait out and I'd like fit and I'd been fishing with it quite a lot because I wanted to catch a fish on that. And it is a pretty, it's a pretty large bait. It's probably like seven, eight inches overall. And it weighed about an ounce. So it was perfect. And I threw it out there and I honestly think this first fish doesn't count because I threw it out there and then I set my rod up against um just like a little this little bridge that goes through I just set it up against the railing and I was doing something else I don't know if I can't remember if I was rigging up another rod or something uh but I cast it out and I was like oh I'm just gonna sit let it sit there like you know I was kind of like losing confidence in it and I grab my rod again and I'm looking out and I was like, all right, where did I cast it? I'm like scanning the water because you could see, like, you could like see the bait. It's like pretty big, and you could see the tail and everything. And I was like looking and scanning, and I was like, dude, where is this thing? And then I I reel in a little bit of slack, and then I see like my line like like going one way, and I like set the hook into this fish. But, like, why I don't really consider it, I, like, I didn't catch it, you know, while the rat was in motion or anything. And it wasn't a very big fish. It was maybe, like, a pound and a half. I kind of think it was going after the, like, the tail, which was a worm, versus, like, the whole um, rat overall. So I don't really consider it, like, I don't know, it's my first fish on that bait because I did hook into it, and I was, like, super stoked about it, but I (laughs) I think it's kind of a fluke. I think it's going after that worm. Um, And then, like, down in Florida, like, I did a lot better on that bait, which is, like, really cool. 
um, because when we first had moved down there and we hadn't had our licenses yet, we were fishing, uh, like, before we were, I don't know if this was, like, actually, like, legal, but it was free fishing weekend for freshwater. And so we had gone out to, like, a local lake, and I was kind of throwing, like, a lot of, there's a ton, ton more pressure down in Florida than up in South Dakota and in the Midwest. And so I was, like, throwing what I knew, and I had a different rod at the time. I had an Abu Garcia Veritas that I bought off a marketplace. It was, like, 7.6, medium heavy. It was, like, a really nice, it was, like, a pretty like nice rod and then I was like still throwing braid but I was throwing it on a uh the reel that that rod came with which was a black no it was a pro max um I've since broken that rod and I've since got rid of that reel but the first fish that I caught down there um the first bass that I had caught down there was on that rat wake bait, which I wish I would have thrown more down there. I wish I would have like thrown like there's like when I was down there and like the fishing was hard, I didn't have as much confidence like in my own baits. Um, so I was like, you know, reverting back to like my other confidence baits, which Texas rig, you know, a jig and a frog. But, man, the fishing was so hard. I, like, didn't... I didn't catch a lot of fish down there. And I didn't fish as much as I would have liked to. That's, like, probably one of my biggest regrets because I worked a lot. But, man, it's like, dude, work is whatever. Like, I wish I would have fished more. Man, I I should have. Like I said, one of one of my regrets because... Like, work is whatever. Money comes and goes, but, like, to, like, the, like, you make, you don't make, like, as good of memories at work as you do out on the water. Um, so, I wish I would have thrown that bait around a lot more. And I had, and thinking back on, like, my bait-making journey, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day, I was like, I was like, Man, I have, like, stuff out there that I've gave away and, like, and some stuff that I've sold because I thought I was, you know, like, because, like, especially early on, I was like, oh, I'm a bait maker. Like, I want to, want to like, sell my baits. And I'm not so much like that. I'm like, if I sell a few, like, here and there, that's cool, help support my hobby but like mainly it's about getting out there and catching fish on my own stuff and that's like gonna be a huge focus for me this year but yeah dude there's some stuff like floating out there that like I wish wasn't out there that like has my name on it and it's mainly from like a couple local guys from my area like have stuff and then like some of my friends have stuff and there's a dude out in California that has a rat wake bait that I made and it took me so long I made it in college and he's like he sent me pictures like he's caught some nice fish out there but man I had no business because I caught that one fish on my rat wake bait and I thought I was the real deal and so this dude out in Soak, I think SoCal has one of my rat wake baits, and I don't have any contact with that guy anymore. I should reach out to him on Instagram, <laughs> but like I had no flipping business, like making this guy like a custom like. um rat wake bait because it was like it was he wanted it big too and I didn't have even a like my rod didn't even was even rated for that but I was like able to like lob it out a little bit and like test it and it was like honestly like it had like good action and like it like it like waked really well it was kind of it kind of cranked down a little bit 
but that's just because I, I literally like. Oh, dude, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I used a wooden dowel that I bought from Walmart to make this rat wake bait. And, you know, like, mine was ma- it's made out of basswood. And, like, who knows what kind of wood this, like, wooden, like, this dowel is made out of that I got from the local Walmart. And I made, like, two rat wake baits that way. Like, one, a local guy has it. I might see if I can get that back, actually. And another, the, uh, this guy out in SoCal has, I, I need to reach out to that guy, but man, yeah, that's so silly of me. There's some stupid stuff out there that I've made that's going around. Um, I kind of hope they just like throw that stuff away. I should just tell them, Hey, like just just throw that stuff away. That other stuff I made. Um, cause there's some goofy shit out there, but man, I, uh, <laughs> um, making baits is so cool though. And getting, getting back. And I thought like, I thought like that's where I was going to cut my teeth to is like making, uh, the next big like rat wake bait but you know now everyone has one and I was like like my research and development wasn't that great but I do have like one that I made that I actually ended up casting out of resin I still have the you know I have the original wood master and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint that up here pretty soon. But this... And I carved that out of out of basswood. But there's this... Uh, when I was living in Florida, I would always fish this retention pond. And that's actually where my PB is caught out of. Um, but my personal best bass isn't that big. It's like... It's four pounds, three ounces. And... I caught that on both of my confidence baits. And it's actually, I caught that same fish twice out of that retention pond. First time I caught her was on a missile baits D-bomb, Texas rate, and dragging it on the bottom. And the second time I caught her was on a Booyah Pad Crasher Frog on top of the water. And it was so flippin' cool. Um, the Frog fishing in Florida is super fun. But there was this one time I was out there and I was testing, I was prototyping out this rat wake bait and one of the first resin models that I had poured and casted, I was swim testing it and like a an idiot, since it was like basically in my backyard, I didn't have a camera, I didn't have my phone, I like didn't have a GoPro on. And you just left my phone at the house, like in my apartment, like an idiot. And what do I catch? I catch a flipping tilapia, a big blue tilapia, like a a blue Nile tilapia, whatever they are. I caught this big tilapia out of this retention pond on this rat wake bait, just like the most idiotic thing ever. I don't know whether... I like swam it over a bed or this tilapia just was like going after it but it hammered it and I was like oh my god I have the biggest bass of my life on the line and it was like right near the bank too and oh man didn't like I said don't have a phone don't have whatever I couldn't like I just became a member of Swimbait Universe I can't even post about that because there's no pictures of it and I've seen, like, other people on, on that group, Facebook group, like, post some weird catches, like, weird tilapia catches. They're so goofy. And, man, I was, like, one of my biggest regrets in life is not getting a picture of that tilapia that I caught on my wake bait. Um, but, yeah, I swam pretty good. But I don't even, like, I have the master, but... That first mold wasn't very good. I cut it up and used it to make my banana lure mold. Um, Yeah, I cut it up, used it as filler. 
But that banana is pretty flipping cool. <laughs> that that topwater banana, it has like a really good walk the dog action. And it's just like the, the most uh, stupid lure. It's like, it's really a novelty. And I haven't fished with it as much as I should. I just like need to go fishing more in general. Um, but yeah, um, have a have I have a lot of of, of uh, fishing regrets for for Florida. And since then, I've moved back to South Dakota and have had like a lot of success this year. I've had like a lot of milestones. And I'm very, I'm very happy about that because I've decided to put more work into my hobby, my passion, lure making and fishing. And, you know, that, that led me to develop the, the banana lure and work more on my painting and everything, which has come a long way. Work on finishing a bait. That was like one of my biggest things is like, man, I don't know what to like. I was like, like honing down my like uh, clear coating process, which has been pretty good. I'm not like completely happy with it. I'm gonna try some other stuff, because um, right now I've just been using like 30 minute epoxy and putting it on a, um, actually my rod dryer that I have a dowel hooked up to, and that does a pretty good job. And I can pop bubbles with my girlfriend's hair dryer. I actually use it more than her. And I can pop like bubbles in the clear coat using that. So it's been really good, but I wanna I wanna try this other thing that this um I sent out a do it swim bait blank uh glide bait blank to this guy from Swimbait Universe that I had met and he suggested using this um this other stuff. So I'm going to try that out. It, he says it goes on thinner and it's like you can dip lures into it. And since then I've watched YouTube videos like that's if I like if I'm going to make a major purchase, I have to like really go in depth about like because it's kind of a spendy. I have to like go in depth and see reviews, see what other people say, um, see pros and cons to it. So I'm very excited to be trying that out because I was gonna like do a whole flipping like UV resin setup and this looks like it's gonna be a lot easier but yeah this year I've really gotten into doing doing what I like more which is you know creating content uh, making fishing lures lure painting I've got really into that this year and or this past year and I, I, I like really don't consider myself like a huge like bait maker if you if you will I will like I have sold like baits here and there I've sold like some of the baits that I've painted for this past year and I've sold a couple of the banana lures that I've casted but I'm gonna focus more on that this year I'm gonna focus more on fishing my own baits fishing with uh, big swim baits I'm very excited about that and I'm like really gonna focus on doing all this stuff and this podcast is like a huge part of that and fishing has been something that's always been there for me and just expanding that into you know different aspects of fishing because now I make my own rods and I paint my own lures and I make my own lures. I have some like really cool ideas that I'm doing. I have some really cool baits that I've made already and like all these great ideas. And I get like like it's something that's always been there for me and I've had like some really tough times in my life, especially like with my mental health and like fishing has always been that escape and it's been something that I can fall back on. It makes me happy, even if I'm just out there on the water and not necessarily catching anything. It's just like, just being out there is like my favorite thing in the world besides my girlfriend.
and because she's <laughs> she likes to think that like fishing comes over her a lot of time but it's literally my favorite things in the world are her you know fishing and lure making all those aspects and then everything else um just just so she's aware of that and it's always been something that's been there for me and it's there's so much more to it than just throwing out a lure or throwing out bait and catching a fish like and people that don't fish and like aren't out there and don't understand like all the different layers to it and there's so many different like niches in it like within fishing in general and it's all fascinating and I'm just like like and just like part of it is in like my free time I'm looking at fishing stuff I'm looking at baits I'm like consuming different media podcasts videos things like that like it's like all all encompasses my life so like that's why I do this that's why like I have you know the small YouTube channel that's why I'm like starting this podcast that's why I make my own rods that's why I make my own baits I'm just like totally enthralled in this sport so and this podcast is like the perfect platform for me just to like sit down and just get all of my thoughts out there and just ramble and I think I already have like somebody lined up for as like my first guest like he said he would do it we just gotta like schedule out something so I'm super excited about that but anyway this is Garage Build Bates I rambled we talked about a lot of stuff you had to know me a little better what whatever that's worth to you but thank you so much for the listen if you could give me a rating right now we're on Anchor that's where I'm putting the podcast out through. We're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, and we're on Apple Podcasts. So uh, please go give me a rating. That would help out a ton. And then go and follow and subscribe and share this out with your friends. Be like, hey, listen to this podcast. Listen to this guy talk about fishing and bait making. It's like kind of cool. But anyway, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you for the next one.